Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. It is August 22nd, 2016, and you are indeed listening to Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I am the editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and we have some exciting things going on for you this week. The Olympics are over. I'll get to that in just a moment. And so basketball is going to go kind of quiet, but not really because we still have so much more to talk about as we hurdle ever closer to the beginning of the 2017 season, about a month away from the beginning of training camp at the end of of September. We do have a lot of great things going on, but one special thing we do have going on at OrlandoMagicDaily.com is our quarterly, however often I decide to do it, mailbag. So uh, the mailbag is officially open. I'll be answering your Orlando Magic questions ahead of the season, hopefully in the next week or so on the site. Uh, not only do I do it sometimes on Locked on Magic, uh, we have our mini, our weekly mini mailbag. I'll still be doing that later on this week. Maybe I'll answer a few of the mailbag questions I've gotten already, but be sure to submit your questions if you want a longer, like more winded answer. Be sure to do that uh, to Twitter to my Twitter account at omagicdaily, or you can email the show, email the site at omagicdaily at gmail.com. So be sure to check that out. I have a lot of great things planned for the week as well, some exciting announcements as well for the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, so be sure to check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, as well as Locked On Magic, of course. On today's show, we're going to we've been doing the this on the site, and so I'll be recapping them a little bit uh, on the radio on the podcast here, uh, and we'll be talking a little bit about where the Magic fit in in the grander scheme of things with our position rankings. Today, we'll be talking about the center position, uh, although although that might be better with what I plan on talking about tomorrow in our breaking news segment, but we'll we'll get to that tomorrow. Uh, but today we'll be talking a little bit about the centers, and then I'll also be talking a little bit about Frank Vogel and how his past will shape his future. But before we get going, yesterday was the conclusion of the Olympics and the Olympic basketball tournament, and did you expect anything else? The final result, the, the United States defeats Serbia 96-66 to in perhaps their best game of the tournament. All the worries about the lack of ball movement, the poor shooting, the poor defense— it didn't matter in the end as the U.S. held Serbia to under, un, really 15 points and few or fewer in the first three quarters and then coasted to the finish line for a 30-point victory and their third straight gold medal. Kevin Durant was absolutely superb with 30 points in the game. DeMarcus Cousins had 13 off the bench. Paul George had 9 on 2-for-9 shooting. Ultimately, the U.S.'s talent was way too much. Uh, you can hear the sirens wailing in celebration from my apartment, uh, but the the U.S. talent was simply too much at the end of the day. They were able to force turnovers, get out in transition, move the ball for a change, and make three-pointers, all keys to the U.S. U.S.'s play with this roster. 
As I noted way back when they were doing prep in Vegas, this did seem like a team that could be picked if you shot the ball really well because the team certainly looked like they were very stagnant and not as in tune defensively as some of the previous iterations of Team USA. Serbia was certainly a team that could have done it. Uh, they they lo- they lost by three points uh, in pool play. They are, I mean, second straight tournament, they finished second to the United States in the gold medal game. Uh, but Serbia just did not come ready to shoot the ball to, in this game. Uh, Milos Teodosic, who torched the U.S. in that first game, had only nine points, missed all five of his three-pointers. In fact, Serbia made only four of their 24 three-pointers. The U.S. doing a much better job defending the three-point line and forcing Serbia into difficult shots. They hounded Teodosic really, really well. And they again, their talent just overwhelmed uh, Serbia at the end of the day. Overall, you know, it, it doesn't matter how you get there. The gold medal is a gold medal, and the U.S. is coming home with gold. That's exactly what they went out to do, and that's exactly how they did it. It doesn't matter how they do it. I got a lot of complaints uh, on, and, and it seems like this pops up every time the U.S. wins and wins easily. A lot of people are like, oh, they, they, they should move to under 25 because it's too easy. We sent a B squad over and dominated the tournament. Well, if you watch the tournament, you know the, the U.S. didn't dominate at all. Yes, they had the most talent, and eventually that won out, but this was not an easy trip for the U.S., and this isn't a, a call to change the Olympic basketball tournament in any way. The the frankly what what I think a lot of people want is they want something that's entertaining and challenging. They don't want to see the US waltz to victory every time. But there's nothing wrong with that. The Olympics, the World Cup, they're supposed to be the teams playing at their best, sending their best and doing and doing their best. Other countries around the world want the U.S. to send their best. They're disappointed LeBron James didn't come over. And it's not just because they want to see him play. It's because they want to test themselves against the very best and see if they can beat him. This was not the strongest tournament in the world. This is not the strongest tournament we've seen. Uh, young teams like Serbia, Croatia, uh, Australia weren't ready for a big stage like playing the U.S. And teams like Spain and Argentina are kind of on their way out. They're on the decline. If the U.S. sends this kind of a team to Tokyo in four years, they're going to lose. They may, they may not lose the gold medal, but they're going to see the same struggles they saw in this tournament and, and probably much worse because the world is getting better and, and a lot of young athletes are going to be making their way up into the national teams within the next four years. Think about Australia. Australia lost the bronze medal on a dubious foul call. They're going to probably add Ben Simmons and Dante Exum in the next four years. Think about that. So, the U.S., there's no problem with the Olympic basketball tournament. There really isn't an issue here. The U.S. does have the best players in the world. Even if the U.S. won silver, we'd still say the U.S. is still the best team. They just don't run a program like that. I think this Olympics was good for the U.S. Olympic basketball program in a number of ways. I think it showed they still can't cut corners, which I thought they did this this summer. Uh, And they've still got to send a quality team over to to win the gold medal. And it's not always going to be easy. The 30-point deficit in the gold medal game, yeah, that may hurt TV ratings, but that's not indicative of how close and competitive this tournament was. So hearty congratulations to the U.S. Olympic team. They earned this gold medal. This wasn't one where they just out-talent. I mean, they did, at the end, out-talent a lot of teams, 
but they really had to figure some things out, and they played their best basketball in the knockout stage. They took it to a really good Serbia team. They took it to a really good Spain team, and they're Olympic champions, and they deserve it. Period. End of sentence. Nothing more need be said. Congratulations to the United States, and congratulations to Serbia and Spain for uh, for, for taking home the silver and bronze, respectively. They played very good tournaments. A lot of fun basketball. Wasn't the best tournament quality-wise, but a lot of fun basketball. I cannot wait for Eurobasket 2017 next summer and the World Cup in China in 2019. I believe it's in China. Uh, so we lots, lots to get excited about uh, for World Basketball. And we'll be talking a little bit more about that tomorrow because uh, Eurobasket qualifying starts in nine days and Nikola Vujovic is playing in that. On to our main topic of the day, and that is our countdown segment, the top ten, the top five centers in the NBA today, and where do the Magic fit into this? Uh, obviously, the Magic have two very, very good centers on their roster already. Uh, Nikola Vucevic has been a borderline all-star. Bismack Biombo is, is a rising center in, in the NBA and uh, someone who is looking for an opportunity to start uh, so we should be keeping an eye on on them, and the Magic seem very set at the center position. But the Magic don't really have the elite of the elite centers. Uh, our Spencer Henderson of OrlandoMagicDaily.com did post his list, and I have to say, I disagree with some of his selections. I think he he focused a lot on the offensive end, and for my liking, I like my centers to be defensive minded. I've I've said this before. Uh, on some of my, and I don't think it's a criticism of Vucevic, but I do think that this is the reality of the NBA today. If you had to pick between a center who can't defend, who can't defend, and a center who can't who can't score, I'm taking the center who can't score, because in today's NBA, you need a center who's going to be able to hedge on pick and rolls, recover back, and block shots and protect the rim. You have a rim protector that makes it infinitely harder for teams to score in the paint, and that's where again. The way offenses are structured in today's NBA, it's all about efficiency. The two most efficient shots on the court are in the paint and at the three-point line. So if you're forcing mid-range jumpers because teams can't get into the paint and you're able to close out the perimeter, your defense is going to be very, very good. The best defenses in the league are the ones that have the lowest uh, paint points and the highest rate of mid-range jumpers. So Spencer's list, uh, I'll go through his list and give mine. Uh, his top center in the league is DeMarcus Cousins. I am not going to say I disagree here. I would I would possibly put Cousins as a top center in the league. Uh, he has the potential and the talent to do everything on both ends. He's supremely skilled on the offensive end. I, I don't think he's ever been put in a situation where he's been asked to defend. Maybe we saw that a little bit at the Olympics where he struggled to stay on the floor with foul trouble against some of the the, the, the stronger bigs uh, in, in international play. Certainly, the officials did him no, uh, no favors. Uh, that, was, that was kind of a pun, uh, but uh, did him no favors there. Uh, but uh, Cousins, I think, is, is really, really skilled. I'm very high on DeMarcus Cousins. I want to see him in, in a playoff situation. I want to see him given the opportunity to, to uh, play uh, meaningful games. Second, uh, I have Andre Drummond. Spencer has him third. Uh, Andre Drummond, to me, is the up-and-coming. I think he'll probably surpass DeMarcus Cousins this year. Uh, obviously, uh, Stan Van Gundy knows how to use him really, really well uh, and uh, and 
His shot blocking is really good. He's a great rebounder. Offensively, he's still a little bit limited, but his postgame has really expanded. He showed a lot last year as the Detroit Pistons made the playoffs. Uh, a really, really deserving player. Uh, someone to keep an eye on this season. I think he will have another big year for a Detroit team that I expect to improve on their eighth seed and become a, a legitimate threat in the Eastern Conference. Third, I have DeAndre Jordan. Uh, Spencer has him sixth. Again, the offense is not there for DeAndre Jordan. Uh, and, and he's even not the strongest defender per se, but he does a really good job protecting the rim. Uh, he's able to recover from his mistakes. Uh, and offensively, you just throw the ball near the rim and he's going to finish it. He is still one of the best centers in the league. I would want him on my team. You can't build an offense around him. You can't build a team around him, but you can build a defense around him. And as we've talked about on this podcast numerous times, defense gets you in the conversation. You can figure out the rest later. I don't know if Blake Griffin is the right power forward next to him. I don't know if you keep Jordan to, I think you keep Griffin over Jordan, but uh, certainly uh, DeAndre Jordan is a game changer, makes the Clippers dangerous. He's made the Clippers dangerous even when their other stars are out. Uh, number four, I'll take. I'll still take Dwight Howard at number four. Uh, Spencer has him number nine. Uh, Dwight, for all his problems, is still a very, very good player. And yes, his defense regressed significantly, so he's he's got that downward red arrow. If you're if you're looking at power rankings right now, he is still a very, very good player. Still can change the game to de- games defensively. Uh, I think Atlanta uh, is. You know, actually, I'll probably move Dwight to five now, uh, and number four will be Al Horford. Uh, I don't know if he's uh, he's on Spencer's list at all, but Dwight, to me, is still a very, very good player. Um, you know, someone who's worth taking a risk at, and I think Atlanta made a good risk taking him, and I think he's going to revive his career a little bit in Atlanta. Uh, offensively, obviously, still a little bit limited. Uh, I-, I think he's his offensive game is better than people give it credit for, though. And if he can get back his defensive acumen, he is he's still a top five center in the league. Like I said, uh, number four is probably Al Horford, just really really smart defender. Uh, I think he, I think he just knows how to play the game, has good basketball IQ, good basketball sense, uh, can defend well. Not not a not an athletic shot blocker, but can defend the rim protect the paint, and also just really versatile offensively. He's he's one of those underrated guys that no one really talks a lot about because he just produces good numbers without doing a whole lot of anything flashy. Uh, Boston is the perfect place for him, and I think he's going to have a lot of success there. Uh, just on the outside for me are Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside. Like I said, I want my centers to play defense. There's probably two no better defensive centers in the league than Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside. They're both still really young, so I'm not sure exactly how they take their next step forward. Uh, Gobert's had some injury issues, uh, but when he's in the game, Utah's defense is transformative, and, and and I think he's the big reason why Utah breaks through and makes the playoffs this year. So where is Nikola Vucevic? Nikola Vucevic certainly is in the top 10. Uh, you know, his offense is extremely, extremely strong. Uh, I, I don't think that's something that you can look past when it comes to looks when it comes to him uh some of his numbers uh he's i mean his his points rebounds and assists put him among an elite group of players uh so he's very very valuable but his defensive shortcomings are really really uh glaring and 
some of the problem with that is, you know, he puts up all these numbers, but look at what his team's done. The Magic have won, thir- won 35 games last year, which is nice, but they're still not a winning team. And you want to see a little bit more out of him. And now the Magic have put the pressure on him to perform at a different level than he's performed. They've, they've added some roster pieces that are going to put pressure on him. And so the question is, will he perform? Vucevic, to me, is definitely in the top 10. Spencer had him fourth. Again, I think that's because of offensive numbers. Um, obviously, I have him in the 8 or 9 range. Uh, he's in the same category, sort of, as Brooke Lopez, another high-production center who doesn't do very much on the defensive end. He's got more playoff experience, but I would still take Vucevic over him. I would still take Vucevic over Jonas Valanciunas uh, for my money. Uh, Valanciunas is a little bit better on the defensive end, but Vucevic is a much better offensive player. Uh, you know, But then again, we saw in the playoffs exactly what uh, what Valanciunas can do, and then we saw what Bismack Biombo can do. So Vucevic is a top 10 center for sure. He's probably in that 7, 8, maybe 9 range as far as centers. And so the Magic do have an incredible asset in a top 10 center. But he's you know not an elite center. He's not a game-changing center. Uh, unfortunately, and, and you know he's he's got to figure out how to take his game to the next level. Something that we talked about last week on Locked On Magic. So be sure to check that out. So for my money, those are my top five centers. Again, top center is Demarcus Cousins. Second is Andre Drummond. Third is who did I name third? Now I'm now I'm losing track of who I named. DeAndre Jordan. Fourth is Al Horford, and fifth is Dwight Howard. To close out today's show, I do want to talk a little bit about Frank Vogel. I think with all the changes this summer, and we'll talk about Frank Vogel a few times this week, with all the changes this summer, it's been uh, it's been uh, uh, a little bit easy to get to lose uh, one of the big offseason ac- acquisitions for the Magic, and that is Frank Vogel. Uh, F- Vogel... Comes to comes from Orlando with a great pedigree in six seasons with Indiana. They made the playoffs five out of six to, five out of six years, and the only year they didn't was because Paul George was on the shelf. Uh, each year they had a top ten defense, so he comes to Orlando bringing a lot. The one thing that's been interesting about Vogel, though, is how much he references his time in Indiana. Uh. Vogel obviously brings with him a lot of knowledge, uh, and he knows what works. He's been able to be very adaptable to his roster and still create a, a defense that keeps him in games, helps him win, and helps him compete for the playoffs. They may not have always competed for championships when he was in Indiana, but they certainly competed for the playoffs, which is where the Magic are trying to get at the moment. We're taking baby steps here. We're not thinking about the big prize. We're thinking about the little prize still. Just get in, and then doors start opening up, and you can figure some things out. But Vogel is going to be very, very informed by what worked in Indiana. He said it almost every press conference. He'll he'll say he'll throw a line in like, you know, this is what we did in Indiana. We think we can bring that here. And so his time with the Pacers is going to be very is is going to inform everything the magic do this year. Some of it's going to have to be adapted for sure, and I think that's the real fascinating part about the Frank Vogel experiment is what worked in Indiana where the culture was established where he had continuity of players 
It's been a long time since he's had to start from scratch. And maybe last year he did to some extent, but it was a lot of the same players. The question for Vogel is, you're coming to a new team, completely new players. You don't have a superstar outlet in Paul George or Danny Granger when he got there. How do you build that culture again? And obviously he's going to bank on his experience. His experience is with the Indiana Pacers. His experience is, this is what worked in Indiana. This is what we're going to do here. So how much of that past is going to translate into the Orlando Magic's future and Frank Vogel's future? I think that is a humongous question. This team is built very similar to those Indiana Pacers teams with two bigs, two good defensive bigs in Serge Ibaka and Bismack Biyombo. Nikola Vucevic, you know, certainly fits. It'll And Vogel said, you know, we think we can teach him anticipation and and verticality and, and get him to a different level defensively. Of course, And of course, he's going to say that. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see how he uses it and how he works around it. Or if he says, you know, to do what we've got to do, we've got to have these two guys on the floor right now. Or, you know, to, to hit where we want to hit, this player doesn't work. How much personnel control is he going to have then? Certainly, they're going to try. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I get knocked for being on the trade Nikola Vucevic bandwagon. They're going to try, and they should try, and I want to see them try it. And I want to see Vucevic succeed in it. I, I do. I, I like Vucevic as a player, and, and I want to see them succeed. But, uh, you know, Frank Vogel has a very... It seems like he has a very particular way he wants the team to run and certainly has expectations for how the team is going to play. And it's all informed by what success he had in Indiana. So, again, I guess the question comes, what if the Indiana mindset doesn't take hold in Orlando? How adaptable is Vogel going to be? We've seen him adapt his offense, which is good. I think he'll run an offensive system that fits his team best. But undoubtedly, his priority is the defensive side of the ball. And he's he wants to run a defense very similar to what he ran in Indiana. Now, obviously, that changed last year, and they were still a good defense. So I think he has that adaptability. But what's important is establishing a mindset and a culture. And that's something the Magic have really struggled with for the last four years. So we will see exactly how much changes for Frank Vogel coming from Indiana to Orlando or whether he can truly transplant the Indiana mindset into Orlando. He's going to use a lot. I mean, he's going to use what he knows, which is what worked in Indiana. And so the question then becomes... Can it be successful for Orlando? Can it translate properly? And we will be going on that journey together throughout the season. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the Locked On Magic Podcast. I've been getting so much tremendous response and and uh, 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 and love for the show. I really appreciate it. I hope everyone loves the cosmetic changes I made. I did find some theme songs, so thanks to the uh, Free Music Project for that as well. Uh, be sure to like us on be sure to like us on Facebook, on iTunes. Share us with your friends. We want to get the word out that this is the best daily magic podcast out there, giving you everything you need to know, asking some big questions, furthering discussion about the Orlando Magic. I have some exciting things planned 
not only for the rest of this week, but for this upcoming season. It should be a very, very exciting one. As you can tell, I am so ready for the season to start. Just just a month away from actually having things to talk about uh, with the Orlando Magic rather than uh, Olympic play or what is, what's going to go, what's going to happen, all that stuff. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can get us onto your iTunes-enabled listening device. Give us a five-star ranking there if you want. If you want, if you really like the show, let 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 everyone know. Leave a comment. That really helps us boost up the rankings. We want to be known as the top Magic podcast uh, on the interweb. No offense to anyone else, but that that is always my goal is to is to be the best. Uh, so I, I I would appreciate I appreciate the love if you can give it. If not, keep listening and and tell your and tell your friends too. Uh, you can also find us on Audio Boom and Stitcher. We should be join- We should be on TuneIn very shortly as well. Also, be sure to check out some of the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, you can get almost any NBA team on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search Locked On, your favorite team on iTunes or on Audio Boom, and you'll be able to find uh, anyone you're you're looking for. I know. Uh, our good pal uh, Wes Goldberg uh, and uh, and David Ramil of Locked On Heat did a podcast this morning on one trade to make the Heat champions. Uh, so go on there and listen how to thwart them and their evil ways. Just kidding, guys. Uh, you can also check out all. Uh, 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 you can also check out NFL podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got a growing list of NFL teams. Uh, you can check out Locked On Bucks with Greg Alman. Uh, they. Their, their latest episode came out today recapping the highs and lows of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers preseason win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know Orlando is a weird NFL market. Uh, lots of Bucks fans, lots of Dolphins fans, lots of Jaguars fans. Locked on Dolphins and locked on Jaguars are coming, but for now, you can listen to Locked on Bucks from Tampa Bay Times beat writer Greg Alman. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, so be sure to check that out. You can also check out Locked on Falcons with Knox Bardeen uh, of a radio station up in Atlanta. Uh, the Falcons, of course, are coming to town this Thursday uh, for the big matchup at Camping World Stadium with the Miami Dolphins. So if you want to know everything about the Atlanta Falcons before Thursday's game, be sure to check out Locked on Falcons. You can get that again on iTunes, Audio Boom. Uh, it's probably on Stitcher, but I don't know that one for sure. So be sure to check out those podcasts and the other great podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network. Tomorrow, I'll be back with another countdown and position ranking, as well as a look at the Eastern Conference and an update on Nikola Vucevic as Montenegro tries to qualify for Eurobasket. Those games will start up next week. So, meaningful basketball is still here. The summer never stops. Basketball never stops, and we don't stop either. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Locked On Magic this morning. I'll check you guys out tomorrow. You're Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.